Welcome, all you wiretappers out there. Good to be back here in the studio of Gangland Wire. You know, retired Kansas City Police Intelligence Detective Gary Jenkins here. And I have a really interesting, different sort of an interview. We've got a man from Sicily. I, I started noticing this man on our podcast page, Gangland Wire Podcast, was posting. And he has a book that he's written, and, and it tells about his life, you know, both in Sicily and when he came over. And when he came over, his family ended up, you know, getting jobs and, and being around some of the Bonanno family. So he has he has a lot of experiences with this from, shall we say, from the from, not really from the associate side, not even associate, more like from just somebody that lived in the neighborhood and people that had to do business with mob guys and, and with his roots in Sicily. So his name is Jack Amato. Welcome, Jack. Thank you for getting me to your show, inviting me to your show. Well, I'm really anxious to have you now. A Father's Belief, Part One, that's the name of your book, correct? Yes, yes. All right, and you can get that on Amazon, I believe, can't you? Yes. Let's move along. In, in this next segment, let's move along to your life in the United States. And as your father, you know, he, he had a restaurant and and there were mafia around, and they had the lunch wagon business, and the uh, and, and so as you grew up and and grew into that, and and those people were in your life. Let's talk about that. Okay. All right. So, well, so like I said, we were in Brooklyn working along the showman. You know, my father was working there, and my schooling, I didn't make it through junior high school, uh, so my father wanted to get us out of there. So, but he, he wanted us to go in the pizza business. That was a thing for immigrants to go into, yeah. make pizza. Yep. You know, that was a big deal. So we learned to make the pizza, me and my brothers. And my father, with the help of my older brother, because he already was in America, you know, he knew his way around. We found this place that it was a lunch dead in Glendale with a house, to, you know, for us to live in, you know. And we we bought that house and we took over the luncheonette. There's a story in my book about the, the transaction. And like I said, there was a pizzeria two blocks away. Not even, block and a half. They were doing good. They were the only ones there. There was Sicilian too. And... They were related to the Gambino. Okay. Okay. And, but we bought our luncheonette. We're going to convert it into a pizza place, you know, and keep the counter with the yeah. ice cream and <laughs> uh, the milkshakes, you know, but have a pizzeria luncheonette. So when we start doing work to rebuild out, we got a visit from two guys. And actually, I ended up talking to them. I had broken English. My father didn't even speak English. Uh. My older brother, too. And then he wanted to say, who's the owner here? Right? So, so I said, it's my father. It was family owned. Why? You know, it's why. I was already a tough guy. <laughs> I, mean, I was 15 now. I've been, <laughs> I've been seeing it all. And I heard about, you know, being getting shaked down, then yeah. you got to pay protection money, you know, which I already learned that from being in Brooklyn with the Gallo brothers, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't think they did that. I don't think they, I think they just did their own business, bookmaking, Sherlock, you know, any 
stolen goods from the ship, you know, the longshoremen, you know, stolen goods. There was no drugs, really, that I could say. Heroin? No. It was a, a big thing was the numbers, shy, and selling stolen goods, you know, and that was it, mm-hmm. you know. And if somebody else wanted a favor or something, they paid for the favor. That's how they made money, you know. So I was familiar with that. But anyway, so, uh, so my father does not speak English. So what's the problem? So he says, well, you know, you got to bring your father here, you know, before they talk to me. He says, you could translate. So I called my father and told him, and so you guys don't want to talk. And he said, you know, you can open up a pizzeria here because there's a pizzeria here, you know? <laughs> so it started a little conversion. My father took the guy and threw him out, grabbed him by the arm, and squeezed him. <laughs> He, you know, he was a fisherman. Yeah. All the boats, you know, I mean, he was strong. He was not, you know, he could hurt you by just squeezing his hand. So he says, you know, go take a walk, you know, and <laughs> throw him out. The guys are like, you know, they <laughs> They left. So my father reached out and he went to the other pizzeria, right to the guy's place, you know, on a Friday night when they're busy. Got learned. <laughs> and he told the guy, you know, he says, listen, people came to my place. They mentioned your name. We should not open a pizzeria. And the guy goes, I don't know nothing about it. I don't know nothing about it. So my father told him, okay, I'll tell you something about it. If anything <laughs> happens to my place, I'm going to come here and put you in the oven. <laughs> oh, in, in the oven. <laughs> right in the oven. So but my father didn't go alone. He took a couple guys with him, yeah. you know, longshoremen. Right away, my father didn't wait for anything to happen. He reached out for the wise guys, yeah. right, which in the area, 18th Avenue, Williamsburg, you know, there's a lot of paisans over there. I want to know if anybody knew this pizzeria. So sure enough, you know, they, they, they find out what it would belong to. They came in and the, the people that were involved with the guy, you know, came and apologized. You know, mm. well, it was a misunderstanding, blah, 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 blah. And that was it. And that was the first experience I got seeing my father in action. Mm. The second action I seen them, there was the group of bad boys, I guess, in the neighborhood. They go drinking, the yeah. bars, then come in on weekends. You know, we had a jukebox. Mm-hmm. Where you split the money with the with the guy who gives you the jukebox. Yeah. They would come in, play jukebox, start dancing in the place, and they used to get out of here. So one night my father had a he told me, who's the tough guy here? You know, who's the leader? <laughs> so there was the other kid working. He says, he's the leader. You know, the pinpointer. So my father, one day, he was in the kitchen. You know, like I said, he's, uh, he had his friends too. You know, from the other side, from the other So, and he wanted to teach this kid, you know, a lesson. So they were making mess out of the pizzeria, you know. My father came out and said, pick it up. You know, because they were throwing napkins, 
issues. And the guys are making sense, like, you know, what fun cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But that, my father went crazy, you know. He grabbed him by the throat, you know, and pulled out a knife, put it in the neck. Mm. Like, you know, like, well, and the other guy, and he's telling him, Sicilian, I kill you, you know, Tamatsu, you know, I kill you. You don't do this here. This is my house, you know. <laughs> anyway, they became good friends after that. You know, there was no more trouble. Your but father had reached out to somebody when he first got this threat from the other pizza place. Right. And so he reached out to somebody to start asking about, you know, who were they? Were they con- right. were they connected? Now, who did he reach out to? Do you remember who that was? Well, there was coffee shop, you know, people from the town, Carini. They lived, there was, a, what do you call it, a, a residence there, you know, and, and they knew, how do you say, the Gambino was a next door neighbor from our town, Torretta. Okay. It was like a 15 minutes away. Okay. So we we knew the Gambinos from Sism. All right. I got you now. Okay. So that's how it reached out. But Carlo Gambino was American. Came in America like me, a young kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know he what you mean. He was in America. He was American. It was a, what do you call it, from Sicily. Mm-hmm. He became Carlo Gambino, the boss over here in America. So same thing uh, with Joe Banano. A lot of these guys, they came my age, you know, to develop, uh, to make money. At that time, there was the liquor, right? The liquor. I mean, the wine, the liquor, right? Contraband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the prohibition was going prohibition. on. Prohibition. Yeah. He wasn't really reaching out to anybody who was he knew was in the mafia. But he reached out to other people he knew from his area in Sicily that had been there yes. for a while to Correct. find out who am I dealing with. And then he finds out that he's not dealing with anybody that's going to be come back and kill him and burn him out. It sounds to me like he, he figured out who they were. Right, because he already knew that he, he told the guy from the pizza place that they were the place who was Glendia Pizzeria. He told the guy, if anything happens to my place or my kids, I'm going to come here and put you in the oven. Okay, all right. I don't, I don't care who does it, <laughs> who, who it is, I'm holding you responsible. So that, that's, that's all over now. That's all over. Like, the, you, don't, you don't hear anything back from them. They even come and apologize for whatever well, reason. My father went away. He wanted to show that he was serious. So yeah. when he heard that he was related with the Gambino, he put a word with his paisan to find out who this guy is really connected with. Okay. Okay. And it turned out to be that he was married to one of the cousins from the Gambino. Okay. No affiliation with the mafia. Just okay. they were using the name. I got you. I got you. That's how it came to that. All right, all right. I'm sorry. I just needed to straighten that out in my own mind. <laughs> Your father's a tough dude, and he yeah. runs a good place, and, and there's no hanky-panky, and there's no young kids doing anything wrong. Or We talked about the lunch wagon business and, and yes. Cino and, and Rusty Restelli and all that. So where does that come in here with the, the lunch wagon business? Okay, well, 
what happened is I, I came of age, you know, 20 years old, and I found a girl I was in love with. I was working seven days a week and weekend, and I didn't want to do it no more. You know, I wanted to spend time with my girl. Mm-hmm. I wanted to take vows. I wanted to, because we were working all the time. So I said, Dad, I don't want to do this no more. You know, I'm too young. So what happened was the girl that I met, she was related to Joe Messino, Savatali. Savatali was the bloodline. In other words, her mother and Savatali are brothers and sisters. And Joe Messino was married to one of the sisters. And he had the catering business. Just a wagon. That's all he had. Mm-hmm. He was working with the wagon. I asked him, you know, if I, there's a what do you call a wig, you know, I could buy. Now, Sal got into it first with the business. The, he found the truck, a wagon for Salvatale to buy. So he bought it first, I bought it second. So we were like family. You know, we were in there. And, and Salvatale, Salvatale, and he was a brother-in-law to Joe Messino. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Salvatale was my mother-in-law, brother. Okay. So my wife, niece, blood niece. All right, I got you. So you guys are running lunch wagons, and and Joe Messino has a catering business. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. He, bought, he, he, he bought it soon afterwards. He bought a JJ, what they call it, JJ Cater, JJ, you know, Deli, a mess. In Maspen, in the in the factory, and that's where the story starts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the wagon we we will load up from Easy Load. It was called Easy Load, where we get the milk. The all, all the everybody will come there. The danishes, the milk, soda, the ice. Right. There's a load up place for the coffee truck. So three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, we all lined up. Up there to get a product, and then everybody dispatched to go to the factory, the, the territory. Mm-hmm. That was the it was a union unionized by Rusty Rastelli. Yeah, Rusty Rastelli had already formed this organization. Yeah, and he ran this easy load place. He didn't run. He was the boss. He was the boss. <laughs> yeah. His brothers. And- his brother. His brothers. Ran. There was, ran. There was a Marty. Louis Rastelli. Okay. The other brother, Carmine, worked with the Islanders. Uh, where they, what do you call it? He was in the Union. He was doing something else. Okay. Okay. But then they sold you the product that you then went out, but you had a certain area, certain factories that you serviced. Yes. And then you resold the product and, and kept the profit. And then came back and bought no, it. No, no. My truck was mine. I bought the truck with the route. We call yeah. it route. Route. I don't. I've been hearing the, the co. Uh, I didn't. I never. Roach, roach wagon. Yeah, they call I never heard of that. Right? Well, that's that's yeah, kind man. of that's a derogatory term for. <laughs> okay, I don't know. I used to think we were gypsies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. We were like a gypsy. Yeah. My head. I never heard of a roach. But they call it roach. People were happy. Yeah. You know, we go 
there, bring them coffee, lunch. He could you could stop in a gas station too, you know. And the guy was, oh, can I get something? Can I get what yeah. you can get? <laughs> you know, to get hot coffee, hot yeah. hot chocolate, you know, everything, sandwich, mm. hot and cold. Everything was going good. My relationship with Thomasina, you know, we were like family. But then I got very close to Marty Rastal. That's the boss's brother. Mm-hmm. Marty. Marty. Man, he got to like me a lot, you know. Then his brother Luga to like Toad and the, star, the nephew Lou, which is named after his father. He was like a son to Rastelli, you know, Phil Rastelli. He was, Phil never had a son. He was always in jail. So he never had a family. So he, that was his protege, for instance, you know. His son, mm-hmm. so he loved that kid, you know. When he was, he was a kid. He was five years older than me. I was twenty. He was twenty-five. 25. Already married, so we got along very good. Being that he had this JJ Deli, you know, we bought sandwiches from him. Mm-hmm. So Rusty helped him. The old truck would go buy sandwiches from him, you know. So. Maybe he was getting kickbacks. I don't know. But a lot of stolen goods were going through that process. Mm-hmm. So everybody would get products, cigarettes. Yeah. You know, we'd watch them <laughs> yeah. selling cigarettes, stolen goods. You know, could be anything. We were selling the truck, pick up numbers, take a bookmaking action. Mm-hmm. So everybody was making money. No? So, so all the all the drivers had an opportunity as you would pick up you'd pick up your milk and coffee and all that. At one place you'd go to Joe Messino's to get the sandwiches. He was making up the sandwiches. He had people right. making sandwiches. Yeah. And then was it at Joe Messino's that then if you wanted to pick up parlay cards for sports booking or cigarette extra cigarettes that were stolen cigarettes, untaxed cigarettes or Whatever, if they had somebody had a load of little the calculators or so whatever they happened to have, maybe you had some clothes, had some some coats that somebody had had gotten a shipment, taken a shipment off the docks and got a bunch of, of coats, men's coats or something. And you'd throw them on the truck, you'd hit your stops, and then you had these other items to sell. Is that kind of how that worked? Yes. Bill okay. became a fence for all the wise guys. All right. He was the fence. People would go bring stuff to him. And he would give it out to the drivers because everybody wants to make a buck. Yeah, I you know, understand. There was no killing. There was stealing. Yeah. It was you would sell product, whatever it is. It could be a jacket, could be a coat, jogging shoes, sneakers, shoes. You know, and that that was it. You know, so Joe was. He became very important to some people because he was the fan. And I'm always always curious exactly how these things work. Did did you buy that? For example, you had a five cartons of cigarettes. Did you buy those cigarettes from him for you know say half what you might sell them for, and then sell them for retail, or did he just give them to you and you brought him all the money back for the stolen property? Then he gave you some of that. How did that work? Well, you you work on a percentage. Okay, so percentage. In other words. Yeah, so they give you a hundred cotton cigarettes, right? We used to say like two dollars a pop. Yeah, two dollars a cotton. Then you could sell whatever you want for. 
but you had to pay him back his two dollars that he wanted for each cart. Okay. So if it was hundred cart, you owe two hundred dollars, and then if you. you sold it for three dollars, you made a hundred dollars. So you made okay. But you, you that stuff was moving so fast. <laughs> Before you got it, people bought it because it was cheap. Yeah. There were cigarettes without a stamp, you know, okay. bringing it from uh, North Carolina or whatever, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so everybody was happy. Mm-hmm. And Joe got very, how do you say, moved up in that league because yeah. he had that JJ Dalek, you know, and meanwhile, me, I, I found him. Very not trustworthy. Uh, no, he wasn't like a Sicilian guy. Uh-huh. He was more American, but third descent, third generation. Interesting. Uh, was was there something? That, was there something that he did, or did you just watch? You know how he dealt with people that, that well, caused you to distrust him. Yeah, the thing was that he he always bad mouth his brother in law Sal. Okay, because Sal he had three sisters. And his mother, which is, would be Joe Messino's mother-in-law, adores son. Spoil him, you know, like he's the boy in the family. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he was always just to say, I didn't come that way, you know. My mother didn't give me shit, you know. My mother never gave me anything. So, you know, so I, I used to put it so always, how could you say, he, 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 he loves you like a brother, right? He's got no brother, he's got sister. Right, mm-hmm. he does anything for you, and you need a guy like him, really, because he was dedicated. He loved the life, mm-hmm. become a mafioso, you know, because he came from Sicily too. His father, he was born here. Yeah, but his father, Sal, Sal's father, was born in Sicily. Yeah, the whole bro- uh, sisters too, you know. So they came from San Giuseppe, you know, like near Monte Carlone. He went from okay. the mountain, so they were like, like more familiar with that kind of mafia, you know. Yeah. But they were good people. They were not bad people. I mean, you got guys that just like to show how tough they are, killing people because you give them the wrong look or said the wrong thing, you know. And most of the guys like that don't last, you know, because they're not wanted. You know, you gotta yeah. be. You got to be a good guy, you know. You got to be help the people, not hurt the people. Yeah, yeah. You know, you protect them. That was the two mafiosi. You know, you you protect. You're the hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, You're not the. You know that that that's how I came. That's where I came from. Yeah. So, so so Joe Messino was much more Americanized and much more about business. And, and you, was you t- could tell that by just how he conducted himself. Is that what yeah. I hear you say? Yes. Yes. The only thing you like to steal, bad mouth to whoever he thought he could bad mouth. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, I wasn't, it didn't excite me. The way he could bad mouth his brother in law, he's going to bad mouth me. Yeah. So anyway, to move on with the story with the wagon, I got close to Marty. And I got close with Rastelli, too. Because when he came home from prison, there was a war between Galanti. Not really a war. Who was going to be the boss between Galanti and Rastelli? Okay, because they were both appointed 
to run the family. Once, you know, Joe Banano left for Arizona, somebody else was put on, the guy died. These guys were working under Joe Banano. You know, mm-hmm. were, Joe Banano was the boss. They say he ran away, did this, he did that. You know, the government puts out a lot of things that even today you see the news people, right? Yeah. They put out a lot of stuff that you don't even know if you're coming or going. <laughs> yeah. Believe what you watch on CNN, you watch over here. <laughs> so that's what was going on. A lot of these people don't understand the true what happened. And and, and, and when Joe Banano was in Arizona, he retired. He didn't care about it yeah. anymore, you know, because he wanted to go to Vegas, you know, owned a casino in Vegas. Yeah. Maybe. It was already in Canada with the heroin. You know, I mean, Rizzuto, Bill Rizzuto, you heard of him? Vito Rizzuto from Vito Mon- Rizzuto. Montreal, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was his people. Yeah. So he, he didn't need New York no more. He knew New York was a time, used to call it, I guess, and people say it's like a atomic bomb. Anytime it could explode. Yeah. He, atomic and, bomb, and, 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 and it still happens today, right? Yeah, right. It's not like it used to be Dan. You know, so let, let me interject just a minute here for you guys. He he mentioned Galante. There's a man named Carmine Galante right. who had come up in the Bonanno organization, and he was a he wanted to deal heroin, and yeah, like Bonanno wanted to deal heroin, and and it was all coming through Canada, and, and that was his thing. He comes back out of prison during this time, around this time that Jack's talking about. And he just says, I'm the boss of the Bonanno family. And Rusty Rustelli's out here, who Jack is connected to. He Most people want Rusty Rustelli to be the boss. They don't really want Carmine Galante to be the boss. So that's that's kind of where we are, guys. You got it. You're saying it right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Where, oh. Okay. So I kept my distance going through the, I would just pick up my sandwich and go. But I would be hanging out. With Marty, you know, it was another fellow from Ta- Tommy D, younger young guy that was like very close to them related. So he became my friend, close friend, and we would go play cards by Marty. There was another guy who was a four hundred pound Disty. His name was Disty, four hundred guy pound guy. Yeah, it was like the enforcer. With the coffee truck, you know, <laughs> yeah. this guy would come to you and tell you, Hey, you got to pay your dues. Uh-huh. What do you do? You know, <laughs> you pay your dues. <laughs> so, and then it was another guy, you know, and then we used to hang out with Marty. And Phil Astelli liked that. And Phil Astelli told me, You know, I'm not going to be around too much, but help my brother out if you need you to drive him somewhere, go somewhere. And that was the relationship I built out. So now, uh, a matter of fact, one day he was stuck in Easy Loan. He was a, his brother was supposed to come and pick him up. His brother Carmine was supposed to come in. They, they were supposed to go to pick up his car because he was getting clean. He just came home from being away, you know, jail. Mm-hmm. So he was stuck there. Nobody was there. Everybody was afraid to go near him. Because there was this conflict with with the Galante group, right? And Joe Messino didn't know which way to go then. Because the <laughs> other guys, well, he said, 
he's the boss, and the other guy says he's the boss. So you don't know which way to go. So, so I seen him. He was trained. And I said to him, I said, uh, well, you got to go. I take. He looked at me. said, no, thank you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He knows I was close already to his brothers. He didn't want to get me involved. Yeah, I see. Yeah. You know, he was trying to be, you know, so go home. Go home. So no, I take you, you know. So he says, go home, kid. You know, <laughs> I said, I'm going to take you no for an answer. I want to take you. I drive you. So he thought about it. He's looking at his watch. All right. So I took him. And I took him to Astoria. Uh, where his cars are. So he was getting his car. But in the car, he seemed like to know about me. He knew about my father. <laughs> you know? And he tells me, don't trust nobody. Don't step on nobody's toe. Just be good. Don't try to be like some of these assholes, you know? <laughs> you know, run around like with no brain, do stupid things. Look at me. I'm in, I'm in jail for all my life, right? <laughs> I said, where I come? I got no kids. I got no family, right? The only thing I know is being a, a mobster, you know? That's it, you know? <laughs> so I'm looking at him. I go, you're the boss. You know what I'm saying? You're the boss. But he didn't think that he was happy with you know, the life he, he spent all his life. So we had a good relationship. So with that, the word got out that I took Phil to a ride. John Messina finds out. The other guy finds out. So there was like a little bit jealous. Mm-hmm. When Rusty Rostelli one day came to JJK in Delhi, you know, with his brother Carmine, because his brothers always drove him. He didn't have no strangers, always his brothers. He traveled alone, but he traveled with his brother. Never bodyguard, never, always family. Mm. So he parked, he gives me the key to go park his car in front of all this white guy. You know, so I went to park the car, I'm back in, everybody's looking at me, you know, like, what is it? So there was a lot of envious after that because uh, any party, anything, I'd be sitting at the head of the table with the Rastelli. Mm-hmm. So that was a big resentment from Joe. Mm-hmm. Joe wasn't too happy about that because he probably knows how people move up in, in the ladder. Yeah. You know? So as they go by, I get flat tires. You know, well, my car, and I, you know, I'm getting the sandwich. I go back outside, I get flat tires. I was doing good. I brought myself a Trans Am 1974 with the Eagle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember those. Red one. I read one. <laughs> I bought hot, it. Man, hot. <laughs> Who the hell is this kid? Who the, you know, that's it. All the guys in the, with the truck, you know, they were like, who the fuck? <laughs> they will say Greensboro. Yeah. They won't call me Zip. Yeah, they but, didn't. But not in my face. Yeah. Because one time, this this fat guy, big guy, mm-hmm. you're a Greensboro. You know, he said it. That's who you call a Greensboro. <laughs> so, so he, you know, like, he's just, I said, you could be big all you want. I get a lot of pipe. I hit you over the head. I'm faster than you. I'm going to get you. 
Uh, he, he blew his mind. It brings up a question. You mentioned the term zip. Did you hear that term much? That's what Carmine Galante, he brought people over. Cesar Amato, and I can't remember the other Baldo, guy's name. Baldo Amato. Baldo, Baldo Amato and, and other people from Sicily. And everybody in America called him zip. So did you hear that much? Yeah, one day I heard that word zip. But because they, most of them were from the Naples. Uh, after Joe Banano, after Joe Banano left, Paul Castellano got killed. There were more Neapolitan. The heads of the family became almost Neapolitan. Oh, really? They I mean, wanted to push the Sicilians out. Uh huh. But that was going through since the thirty. There was always the conflict between the Neapolitans and the Sicilians. The Camorra. You ever heard of the Camorra? Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Okay. So there was uh, always, you know, who's going to be the power. So, but after Paul Castellano died, they most of them were Neapolitan. Yeah. So they and started you. Gotti was a Neapolitan. So interesting. Yes, yes, yes. They started using this word zip. So I think John Messina he says, You're in zip. You know, we're having a conversation. I said, zip for my pocket. I put my hand on my zip on my pants. He said, zip? <laughs> I opened the zip, and he didn't like that. Yeah. Freaked out. They grabbed me. They grabbed me. <laughs> and they, they, was, he always had guys. You know? And they put him a shading in my mouth. You know. I said, go ahead, do it. If it makes you feel good, do it. What would I do? <laughs> my zip? You know? Trying to intimidate, uh-huh. but I stood my grounds and uh, you know, actually I pushed them. You know, they thought I was sick. I was crazy. Yeah, like my father, he was crazy. Right. They didn't know your father when they started pushing you, did they? <laughs> oh yeah. Well, go, then you know, with the launch wagon. See, that's when I met with this guy Tommy D. I would go play cards up a master. It was a blackjack game. Mm-hmm. It was run by, I don't know if it was from the Genovese family or it was from the Gambino. It was a blackjack game that was like a, all the white guys would go there play, and they would play blackjack, but uh, they had you know up to a hundred dollar limit mm-hmm. that you could bet at that time. Hundred dollars was like a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But so, but the. That's where I met John Gotti, I met Richie Giovanelli, Carmine Tutti, Francese. You heard that name, Francese. Francese. Yeah. But it's related to the guy who does podcasts. Yeah, the podcast, Michael Francese. Yeah, yeah. Now he became a priest and everything. But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what happened to the priesthood? I thought he was becoming a priest. Now he's in a pocket. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everything is about money. Yeah. Right? Yes, right. <laughs> so, hey, look, whatever is it, good for you, do it. You know, but don't go out and talk about other people. You know, you, you, yeah. you know, when you're doing something that you say you, you changed, but you didn't change. Right? Mm-hmm. That's how I met all these guys. Yeah. Now, one of my staff, there was, uh, that was uh, people from jail go to work 
It, it was a rebuilt phone. Uh huh. You know, used phone that we varnished. What's the word I'm looking for? Recycle. Re- recycle. Yeah. Right. There was a, and there used to be people from jail come do this work. Mm-hmm. And there should be a paymaster that would catch the checks, come in with the suitcase money and catch the check. Now, the word was out that this guy could carry maybe $100,000 in cash. Mm. That was one of my stops. They came to rob this guy. I ended up getting shot mm. my stomach. Now, we don't know if it was a coincidence or was it done on purpose because it was people from the truck. So I almost lost my life. I was out of the business for a while because I had a regroup. That's when I started to say, hey, I got to be my own man. I got to, you know, I, I, I got to back in the business with the pizzeria. But mm-hmm. meantime, I was going to all this club. He had the John Gotti. I played cards with him. I played, you know, I made myself respected. Don't ever like that. Mm-hmm. What are you doing over there? What are you doing with this? Tony Mira, for instance, Tony Mira. Mm-hmm. We were friends. Oh, really? Say he was but, a bad man. <laughs> he was they're all bad. They're all bad. Tough dude. Dep- depends. There was a lot of bad guys. Yeah. Bad guys. But, there was a lot of bad guys. He was just one of many bad guys, I guess. Right. There, there's a lot. <laughs> okay. But, uh, you know, I didn't do nothing with him. We just play cards. Yeah. You know, we play cards. Hey, well, you know, we were like from Sicily too, Sicilians. Uh, you know, I ended up meeting. Baldo Amaro, that meeting. Cesar Bonaventura? Yeah, yeah. Ventura. He was the, the other. Yeah, he was the guy. He was the head guy. I met Caralano. They invited me to go to the club, Costa La Marese. That's what Nick about. They invited me. They actually wanted to buy my pizzeria. You know, first of all, they wanted me to get involved with them. Yeah. But no, I got to get out. I, 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 I can't do this. <laughs> Well, that was kind of my next question, the pizza connection. And these guys are, you know, they were the genesis yeah. of the pizza connection. And on Knickerbocker Avenue, I think that's where they started with the first That's pizza. where they were. That know, was and, the location. And then they started building out from there with pizza places clear out to Illinois, really, and, and down to Pittsburgh and or Philadelphia. And, and a lot of that, that whole pizza connection deal. Now, you were asked to, to join in with that, with your pizza place, to help with that. Yes, they came in, but see, there's so many stories involved what happened to me. When I was in the pizza place, they I was willing and dealing in the pizzeria too. Because all the Irish kids, the German kids behind in Glendale, there should be the railroad. And there's a lot of goods coming through there. <laughs> oh, I see. Is that and the Irish kids used to go steal there, they yeah. rob them. And they used to come to me to buy. I became the fan. Okay. Offense with the Irish kids and the German kids, and that's how we became very close. Then they would bring a cigarettes in, so I had my own thing going. Now the pizzeria, Chase the Bola, Bolaventry, and the Baldo Amaro, they came to my place, had pizza, and they were saying, you know, we, we. That's how they were doing it. They were doing it that they want to unionize the pizzerias. Mm-hmm. You know, to make a union, you know, 
like Colombo did with the yeah, yeah, the Columbus Italian Day, Italian American. These guys, they wanted to push rights. the drug, yeah, with they wanted to push the, the heroin, uh, like a lot of money, yeah. And that's now nah, because an incident happened before that somebody snitched on me that I had guns in there in the mm. pizzeria, I had uh, drugs, so they come and raid my place, but they didn't find anything. You only find shells, holsters, because I had given the the weapons I had, give it to Marty, because they were fighting. So I said, I don't need these weapons. Yeah, so I gave it because I bought them from the kids. They were stealing, you know? So they, I was lucky there. I didn't find nothing. You were. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. lucky. So with that excuse, when I went to meet Bonaventure, Cesar Bonaventure and Baldo, and they wanted me to get involved. I said, I just got raped. They were looking for <laughs> drugs. They were looking for this. I'm under the nose. Yeah. I, I, I got to sell my pizzeria because I'm done you know, over here because the business now started going down. You know, can you imagine an Italian guy <laughs> in the German neighborhood? He yeah. got raided. It's a, you know, yeah. uh, the word gets out. That's it. There was there was time for me to move out, and I went to live in uh, Lindenwood. You know, the house stood with us. We didn't tell the house. We saw I saw the pizzeria. My father already went back to Italy, mm. Sicily. He retired, so now I was on my own, playing cards, playing cards. I got involved with people for East New York. I started hanging out with them, which mm-hmm. can belong to the Gambino, and I was doing good there. So Joe Messino finds out, <laughs> and he put the word out. Now he's he's already made. He's already a May guy. Mm-hmm. He tells the people that I belong to him. Mm-hmm. You know, my nephew doesn't belong there. You know, he belongs to us. So they cut court. I was doing good there. We were running the gambling, fireworks, the numbers. I was making money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I and they loved me like they, they they liked me a lot. They were not both near pilots. <laughs> I see, but they loved me and uh, other people too. You know, Richie Giovanelli too. I got along with him too. The other guys I'm not mentioned because they're still around. <laughs> so they're, they're still. So I was doing good, and every every time I tried to do good. There was a stop, you know. He would claim me, but he wanted a part of him. I went to, I was close to the Rastelli, and being close to the Rastelli, it was like me having a, a butt, you know, I'm like a mad guy, you know. Yeah. I'm with a boss, you know, I'm not with Joe Blow that he's just being paid, you know, <laughs> as a soldier. I was sitting with the boss. <laughs> so, but I always, Knew not to step on nobody's toe. You know what I'm yeah. to his territory, do yeah. business, or disrespect anybody. And I did my own thing. But then what happened was from it's a, a lot of things in the book. Yeah, we can't tell every what, can't tell everything's in the book. We want people to buy the book. <laughs> <laughs> you like this, huh? <laughs> anyway. So I was, you know, I I I got out of the pizzeria and opened up. A, we call it JC Main. What was that? A JC? 
maintenance. Maintenance. Oh, JC, maintenance, maintenance. Cleaning, you know, cleaning, cleaning, cleaning offices and yeah, 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 yeah. And I was paying taxes and thing, you know. I did that for a good time, you know. Then I got involved with investing money and Jewish guys, you know, jewelry. So I was doing good, you know. Uh, I mean, uh, so I didn't need, I didn't need drum machine. I didn't need, but I always thought that. I, I couldn't uh, do too much while I lived in Queens. Yeah, I understand. So I moved out and went to Long Island. Now we're, we're talking about that's the 80s. Mm-hmm. So we're there from the 70s now to the 80s. And I was doing good. I was moving Suffolk County, Nassau County. I was bookmaking. You know, I didn't like Shylock. I didn't like it. I tried it. I tried it. So one day, one guy owed money, and because of bookmaking, mm-hmm. you know, you want to turn it into shy. A lot of guys, that's what they do. They bang you up. You can't pay. It's that shy money. I couldn't do it because one time I went to somebody's house, you know, to try to collect money, and the wife is crying. We got no money for the milk, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very, and I got a very, I felt like, Dirt, you know, like I'm taking away milk from the baby. Yeah, you're not gonna be the hero there, are you? No. So I got I got very sentimental. I said that's not my kind of thing. So I just stuck with bookmaking, gave everybody limits, you know, and invest money, mm-hmm. you know, with, with business. But uh, I got right out by Joe Messino and <laughs> <laughs> bought my operation in Nassau County. And I was lucky because I had 12 guys under me. But there was uh, the train in Gone City. I don't know if you remember the black guy shooting down all the people. Oh, and Long Island? Long yeah, Island. Yeah, Road. yeah. You remember something about that. Yeah, he shot well, a bunch the, of people on the train. Yes, it was the same day that that happened. Yeah. That I got busted with 12 guys. So in Nassau County, it was an open territory. Uh, All the mafiosi stood away from Nassau County and Suffolk because you know, the laws are hard. They put you yeah, in jail. They, had, they didn't have any connections over there either. <laughs> right. So then they, they didn't fool around. So I went there because I figured it's an open country. I'd rather deal with the law than deal with this. <laughs> Joe Messino. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, yeah. It was Joe wanting money from you. If he'd learned you were making money, did he expect you to give him some? He never knew much about what I was doing. Okay. He always asked questions. What is yeah. he doing? Because I had my operation in Long Island, you know, so he he didn't have. But then he, he got the hook, and that's when I got busted, you know, with the bookmaker. Yeah. And they didn't give me jail time because there was never no violence. Yeah. You know, I, I, I only did bookmate, you know, then I got to pay the fine. That was it. They gave me probation, you know, a misdemeanor, but there was no violence, never threatened anybody. So I was a good guy. I was, I was a good yeah. <laughs> but don't mess with me, though. You be able, <laughs> I got it. I won't. I understand. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the people are people. Yeah. You're giving them a service. That's how I felt. Yeah. And that's a, my was my thing, you know. Interesting. Uh, and then 
I opened up a restaurant in Colamici in Don City, Franklin Square. I had it for 20 years there. I started, I kept it up with the bookmaking. I got busted there because uh, some of uh, the associates that were infiltrate my business that belonged to Joe. Uh. <laughs> he kept to my restaurant and he kept friends. So we were doing business together. There was a wire recording from Brooklyn, from Massford to the club. I would go on the phones and call from the street phone. Mm-hmm. I would never call from the house or something. So anyway, I got hooked up with the organized crime. Spiro. Anthony Spiro. Anthony Spiro, yeah. They picked him up. They, they picked everybody up, about 20, 20 guys. I had nothing to do with them, but they had me as the bookmaker, mm-hmm. you know, edging off business. So they right away they threw me in with the group. Mm-hmm. So they came to my home. And, you know, lucky at the time I had the guns, I had a permit. <laughs> <laughs> I had the permit because I, I took uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way you could keep, have a life. You know, I always had a clean record. I was not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So when they arrest me, the feds will say, you know, you face a 40 years. Oh. So what? Yeah. Yeah. For, for bookmaking? I don't think so. Right. But they had the other guy with slot machines. Uh huh. Attempted murder. You know, there was a lot of charges. Was this part of a RICO case then on Anthony Spiro? No, I don't think it was a RICO case. It was a, that he was bringing in these slot machines from uh, our side, state to state. Oh, okay. Okay. And supposedly he was being accused of murder. I don't know if it was that guy that they killed from 18th Avenue. Uh, you know, I can't remember. I can't think of it right now. Anyway, they were trying to connect them with the murder, but everybody else was part of the conspiracy of yeah. the organization, and I, I'm part of it. Then they bring in this charge from Nassau County, the bookmate. <laughs> you weren't operated there by yourself. You can't do that. So I was surrounded by you know, the head of the FBI or the Bonanno <laughs> crime family, and uh, they want me to talk. Mm-hmm. Let's, I've been a bookmaker, all this period, and a businessman. Okay? So I, I got nothing to do with that guy. You know? I never. I said, if you got proof for me, to me, show me where you could connect me with that. I never went to a club, you know, never was uh, the club, the, the social club. The social club. Yeah, like the Raven Knight or Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never went. I went to Raven Knight when I played with John Gotti, but yeah. that was in the early years. Uh-huh. Then I stood away too. That's another story of my book. <laughs> what what happened there playing cards. There's a lot of interest. I'm just giving you my independency, where I moved along, mm-hmm. try to stay away from that, you know. And but I always stood close with the Rastelli. Mm-hmm. So Rastelli died. I went to the funeral, you know, and that, 
that's when uh, they became the superpower, you know. Tavatali, Spiro. Joe was in jail at that time. Mm-hmm. He was, a, you know, so. But Phil Rossi Rastelli, his name was Spiro. Anthony Spiro was Spiro, his yeah. guy. He was the real power. Mm-hmm. And then with Savatali, they were good together. They they brought back the the family. And then John Gotti likes Sal, likes Spiro. He was starting to lose respect for Joe. I don't know why, but they were not that close. When they say he went back uh, in the commission, they went back in the commission, it wasn't because of Joe. It was in jail. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Ferro and Sal that ran the Rostivo. There was a lot of good guys that I liked, you know, and they were moving good. Even Hosto, Vinny Hosto, Osaro, Osaro, Vinny Osaro. Okay. The guy for Lutanza. Oh, yeah. Okay. I got you. I remember now. Okay. He was another guy. He was a Tough guy, he was a good guy. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't do nothing like some other people do. He was a Omerta. He was a real mafioso. And so was Carmine Tori Francesi. You know, I did something for him. You want to hear this one? <laughs> okay, one last story. Yeah, you don't want to go. There's a lot of stories. I know, we I don't want to give them all away, Jack. So let's have one. Uh, let, 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 let me give you this story. The guy liked me a lot. Somebody went up to the family, Colombo. They wanted to kill one of the partners. And they were going to pay a lot of money because the guy wanted to take over the company. That was a contract murder. Mm-hmm. They asked Carmine to set up a sting, which was a sting. You know what I, I mean? Am I saying it right? Sting? Uh, yeah, if it, they, they were gonna like act, make him make it look the, like they killed somebody. They killed somebody, yeah. Right for the money, because the guys it was being greedy wanted to kill his partner to the uh-huh. company. So that's a bad people are some people. They yeah. go through the mafia guy, a mafiosi, to set up a contract to kill their partners. Mm-hmm. This way they could take the partner. So. They told him they're not interested. They kept insisting, come on, give me 100000 Give me 100000 So they played this thing. I played the dead guy in the trunk. <laughs> <from Baltimore. laughs> I played the guy in the trunk, right? Yeah. Uh, they take a picture of you? Over. No, I was trunk. Yeah, but did, did they take a picture of you and then show it to the guy? to? No, go? no. The, the guy wanted to see the body. Oh, you had to lay there and pretend like you were dead. <laughs> yeah, it was full of blood. Businessman came and, and checked it. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the guy goes, I want to see his face. Because it, I, I, I chopped him up with a hack. <laughs> Give me my money. Give me my money. <laughs> so he got his he got his money. Oh wow. I walked away and he's going to me, this motherfucker, you know, he says he wanted us to be killers for kill <laughs> for money. Fuck him. Wait till tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow his partner walks in to come to work. <laughs> I, gotta see, 
I, I, that, that was the come I never forgot. I was his best friend. You know, <laughs> was good. Sal, Sal wanted to do it. I went, Holly. Yeah, but, but he got turned on. He wanted to play the dead body. But <laughs> Carmine chose me. And there was a lot of, of the, I'm saying there's a lot of story. I'm here, they're not here. Put it this way. Right? Yeah. So yep. I, I wrote, wrote this thing, but I wrote it myself because uh, I was trying to get a journalist to write it. Uh-huh. The journalist was working for the New York Times, like Capesi. Yeah. That you would talk about the mob and very capricious, yeah. But I, I tried to reach him. Then I got to reach, reach another guy. He says, "I write the story. It's going to cost you forty thousand dollars. There's mm. no guarantee. You know, it's going to sell." Yeah. You know, where am I? I'm a nobody. You know, these guys have become famous because they're bad guys. You know. Yeah. You know, that's how they get reputation. So then I said, you know what? Maybe I write it myself. So I wrote it and I gave it to this company, Ex Libre. Mm-hmm. You ever heard of them? Yeah, I have. Pub- yeah. Publishing company. But they didn't fix it. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of editing. Oh, when I got the book, I, didn't, I wasn't too happy about it. And then I, I did, you know, you got the book, right? Yeah. You know, this one. And then I wrote a, a you know, follow up. Yeah. yeah. I got you. And, uh, and then I got another one that's translated in Italian. Mm-hmm. And we was going to get the people from my town. But I had a professor, that's a professor from the government, from Pittsburgh. He went to, he worked, you know, with the mob. He put away a lot of people. I, I told him a bit about my story. He said, you got a lot of good shit here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I had to give him a summary. Summary? Yeah. You got a lot of stuff here. He goes, but that time it was going downhill, the mob thing. Yeah, now, now it's know? uphill. Now it's doing good. Yeah, now it's going on. Yeah. That's why I said, now this is the time to do it. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I'm watching these guys all in the podcast talking about this, about that. I got a story that real, you know? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a long story that I, I I always said the Godfather movie was great. Yeah. You know? But it's even <laughs> not real people, you know, not no. real, not real story. Here I am. I'm the real thing. It sounds yeah, to say. You are. <laughs> if, if anybody really could be the Godfather, it should be you. <laughs> so I'm laughing. So I said, I got to do it. So, you know, yeah. I, I revived it, you know, with drama, drama. A little drama in it, a little drama to it. Yeah, yeah, all that. that I did that. You know, did it. So I came out with this. So, but I, with the other book, I got 26 reviews, which was this one. This one was the original. Oh, okay. But I, I wanted to be holy, like, yeah. But, uh, see, and this was the original. It's a little smaller than that. I see. Yeah. Not to, you know, they, they didn't read this based on the true Sicilian. <laughs> you know, they... I just looked at the picture. A, right. And then, but I got 26 uh, reviews out of this. Uh, they liked it. They mm-hmm. liked it. And they said, when are you going to write the second? Mm-hmm. You know. But then I stood away because 
Joe Messina was still alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? The other said, uh, you know, I got, because then I moved down to Florida. Mm -hmm. That's where I am now. And I opened up a pizzeria here in Florida. I was here <laughs> for 10 years. I mean, in business. And I got, uh, they came in to check my book. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> and then at the liquor, the, the liquor, the, the, they set up my one of my workers that sold the beer to underage person. No, yeah. Over here, right. They set, they set it up. Two lights. One, eight, what was 18 and up. Yeah. And then the other one, 16. But they look like license. Mm -hmm. But one is supposed to be junior license. The other one, license. That's what happened. The guy gave the, the beer to this girl. It was a during... Spring break, spring break, man, and he didn't have the the regular license. He had the junior license. We got ready, like yeah, like what the hell is it? <laughs> you know, so then Here, said, here's you a know, guy like you been connected to some of the most dangerous New York City mafia people in the world, and these cops down here in Florida are busted you because one of your employees sold a beer, and 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 it was just. It wasn't a regular because it was an underage employee that wasn't supposed to sell the beer, sold the beer to the underage kid. That's crazy. <laughs> but never ended. Never ended. <laughs> they don't have enough to do. <laughs> you still got a pizza place down there? No, I'm done. No, oh, okay. I was going to say, if I went down there this winter, I'd stop by and see you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. I'm retired now. Ah, good. So now, what I'm looking at, it's. Uh, uh, the story, I think it's a good story. I mean, they did the soprano. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, Buffalo, New Jersey, where they, I got to take York, you know, the people. <laughs> I got the good stuff. Well, you know, that's what I, that's what I'm looking for. You just keep doing what you're doing. You just keep getting your story out there. There'll be more people that'll want you on their podcast, especially after this comes out. I'm, I'm sure of that I'll get. I'll get calls. Matter of fact, I'll suggest you to a couple of people I know that have podcasts and people will start getting you on their podcast and, and because you have great stories. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I, I got guys who are just going to love this, this firsthand stuff, the real stuff. Let's go. All right. I really appreciate you coming on, Jack. And uh, I wish still had the pizza place. I'd stop by and eat some pizza this morning. Oh, no, I got no, down there. No, no, no. <laughs> now I'm trying to relax. Relax. You are my grandchildren. Yeah. You know, I hope nothing comes out of this. <laughs> Maybe the feds are going to come in. And say, hey. Yeah, feds are coming and get you. Don't just don't admit to any murders. No statute of limitations on murders. You know. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but it, it, it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure to talk to you. Guys, that was a heck of a show. I tell you what, he is, Jack is a cool guy. Like I said, I wish he really had to, still had the pizza place down there. We'd all stop down there when we were going to Florida. But don't forget, I like to ride motorcycles. Uh, so watch out for motorcycles when you're out there on the streets. And if you have a problem with PTSD and you've been in the service, the VA website has a good hotline for that. And, you know, alcohol and drug addiction goes right along with PTSD. And whether you've been in the service or not, you can get hold of former Gambino man, Anthony Ruggiano. He is a drug and alcohol counselor down there in Florida. And on his website and his YouTube page, he has a hotline. So give him a shot if, if you have a problem with drugs or alcohol. 
And don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends about the podcast and share it on your social media and do all those kinds of things. And, and rest assured that I really like putting these out and I really like getting these great mob stories like we had today, some really previously unknown mob stories. And he's got his books out there, A Father's Belief. And I'll have links to the Amazon page for those books. So look for his books. Thanks a lot, guys.